0: Welcome. It is seventh week of Bible study. I can't believe it's already week seven. Can you believe that? So we are almost halfway through the semester, um, which is why all the pressure is hitting. And we have fall break coming up very soon. We have the retreat coming up very soon, so I hope you all are able to make it. Tyler, can you toss me one of those water bottles? That'd be great. You're the man. All right. Um, uh, Right here off the front end, or if this clicker will work. Let's see. Let's try it now. Relationships and conflicts. What Jesus says about interpersonal conflicts. Um, One of the biggest challenges for Christians comes in our dealings with other people. So, when I talk to college students about their biggest struggles and biggest issues, almost always they revolve around dealing with others. We were just talking about this today. How How appropriate, right? And sometimes it's boyfriend-girlfriend issues. Sometimes it's uh, roommate issues. Sometimes it's parents. It's another big one. Is your, parents have, <laughs> your parents have expectations of you, and you are a grown man or woman, and you're trying to assert your own place in world, and your parents have these ideas that you don't agree with, and you're thinking, what are they thinking? And they're thinking, what is he thinking? <laughs> and so uh, there's conflict. Uh, there's also, if you're married, there's conflict in, re- in marriage. There's always going to be conflict in marriage. Always. Um, and that is the big thing that people don't understand, is that whenever two sinners are together, you have conflict. Um, I talked about uh, forgiveness a little bit last week, and I have a couple verses on that. I want to... Um, did I put them in here? I did. This came up last week, and I wanted to just start off with it, because I think <laughs> it's such a huge point. Okay, in Psalm 103, verse 12... God is talking. He says, as far as the east is from the west, or this is a psalmist talking. He's talking about God. So far has he removed our transgressions from us. How has God forgiven you? How far is the east from the west? How many of you have taken math? How many of you know what a vector is? Arra- How many of you know what an array is? Array, okay. Now I'm using words so you know. Okay. Yeah, so you got array. An array is a point, and then what happens after the point? What does it do? It goes infinitely in one direction, right? Isn't that called array? Don't you call that that's array? Aren't they also called vectors at points? People call those vectors? No? Am I, am I wrong? Yeah, vectors are the base yeah, You're right. Okay. The idea being that when God forgives us, he removes our sin from us. As far as the east is from the west, there is no way that we're going to have our sin marring us anymore. God has completely forgiven us. And here's another, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25 says, I, even I, am the one who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. This was the discussion that happened in this general area last week. That was you about can God forget? How does, how does this work? How can we really forgive somebody? Well, the idea is not remembering is different than forgetting. And here's the verse that I was thinking of. The idea that God promises to not remember, to not make a memorial for your sins. And when our interpersonal relationships come up, sometimes part of the problem is that we make little memorials of people's sin against us. We make little memorials Little um, statues that remember, like commemorate the many times that someone has been mean to us. And this is really uh, big in relationships that are romantic as well. So once the romance has worn off a little bit, and you're having a disagreement about something, and your partner says something to the effect of, But last time, <laughs> but you did this two weeks ago, and then last week, and then ba boom, ba boom, and all of a sudden, you have lined up a series of things that were never dealt with. This happens not just in my relationship, it happens in every relationship. <laughs> I've, I've, counseled, I've counseled people through these kind of conflicts, and they all sound the same. Everybody thinks they're the only person who has this kind of problem, but they all have this issue. I, I'm convinced part of the problem is what I call the Disney syndrome, is that, that the, the problem is with Disney movies, they have lived happily ever after. Right. <laughs> I mean, come on. At the end of the Disney movie, as soon as they get to the hotel, yeah, right. there's a fight over, you know, what movie they're going to watch or whatever. So I, when we talk about forgiveness, God forgives us completely. And we are, God is our example for how we ought to forgive each other. So forgiveness is a, is a very important kind of bedrock understanding we have to lay first before we move on, before we talk about this. Because we have a couple things here. By the way, is there an extra? Can I have that? Is that an extra one right there? Yeah, it's here, you, you, to can, you can have. Okay. There should be. It should be plenty. Extra. Oh, you yeah, you, you, you did a fantastic job of printing off the exact number. You're kidding. You did. Oh well. wow. I'll, I'll share. With you. I just wanted to make sure I was okay. So here's what we're gonna do. The first little thing here. Yeah, I got it. That's it. why really I nice. Okay. The first thing we do is helping someone who has a problem. We're gonna talk about this. Can I have someone read this passage of scripture, please? Uh, these two yeah. verses. Who'd like to read it? Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. And he also spoke a parable to them. A blind man cannot guide a blind man. Can he? Will they not both fall into a pit? A people is not above his teacher, but everyone after he has been fully trained. Okay, so in order to help someone, what do you have to do? (laughs) Oh my goodness. I just like jump. I was not even really listening properly. Go ahead. There we go. Okay, so sorry about that, Amanda. I apologize. Um, in order to help someone else, so let's say, let's imagine here that we have a conflict, and Corina here has a conflict with her roommate, and her roommate. Oh, you have a, you have a real conflict, with her roommate. And we're not gonna talk. Do we want to really? Let's not talk about your actual conflict. No, but let's just imagine that you guys have a conflict. And there is a conflict going on between you and your roommate. And let's say Karina is your roommate. And let's say you have a problem with her because her issue is she never washes dishes. Never. Like, is that real? Does that really happen? Do you wash dishes? No, I <laughs> wash dishes. As her it's... former roommate, yes. <laughs> so I nailed it. Okay. All right. So let's just say she never washes dishes and you're like, come on. You get up in the morning. You're the first person up. Amanda, you walk down, do you walk over to the kitchen wherever in your little apartment and you're looking like, I can't believe it. She sat up late last night watching that stupid Netflix show she's stuck on and look at this. She's got three bowls of ice cream in the sink. I got a problem with this. You know, I got a problem with this. So what do you have to do before you try to help her with her problem? According, I text her. according to this. According to this. What do y'all think? We're going to do go this first section together then I'm going to break you up into agree so we're going to Okay, so if she's the blind man here, the blind woman, cannot be, or, or I'm sorry, this one, who who can guide, who's going to be the guide? You you better make sure, but the point I'm making is that you need to deal with your own issues first before you try to correct someone else. Does that make sense? Is everyone on that? Does that make sense? He's using this as a parable. A blind man can't guide a blind man. If you're a blind person, and we, I've known some blind people uh, very well, and If they need a guide, they don't get their other blind friend to be their guide. They find someone who has sight. And so if you're going to help someone through a problem, it's a problem if you also have major problems that you're unaware of and you're unwilling to deal with. You've got to be vulnerable and open yourself. And this is the hard part, is that everybody likes to deal with other people's problems. Nobody likes to deal with their own problems. Does that make sense? Um... And this idea of a pupil is not above his teacher, but everyone after it has become fully trained will be like his teacher. That it takes time to be a teacher. It takes time to be someone who can identify and work through a problem. Um, so what are the two images that Jesus describes for his disciples? What is he teaching them with these word pictures? I kind of just, I might have just uh, told you the answer to that. Number two, what might prevent you from being a help to your neighbor? Your own problems. So let's say Amanda wants to talk to Karina about her issue with the ice cream bowl in the sink after watching Netflix all night long. But the problem is Amanda likes to drink coffee and she leaves coffee mugs everywhere around the house. I mean, beside the couch, beside her bed, in the bathroom, I mean, everywhere and everywhere we go. Her roommates are, like, knocking them over and spilling coffee. And they get that smell of that, like, three-day-old coffee. It's kind of yuck, you know. And they're like, seriously, Amanda? And so Amanda comes into the, into Karina's bedroom, incensed. No, doesn't even knock, just barges in. How dare you? How dare you leave your ice cream bowls? And what's, what's she going to do? She knows about the coffee. She's going to immediately get angry and say, how dare you come to me, talk to me about my ice cream bowls when you know you leave coffee mugs everywhere in this house. Does this sound familiar to anybody? Because yes. this happens in the real world. This is not just made up. See, the thing is, I'm not going to go there. Okay. Um, so, being, uh, having, having blind spots. Having blind spots or not dealing with your own issues. That can really prevent you from helping your neighbor. I'm using neighbor here generally because it might be a roommate, it might be a spouse, might be somebody... Of your brother or sister or parents or whatever. So what do you what do you need to do in order to help your friend with their problem? Deal with your own problems, Deal with your own problems first, right? I Don't had, <coughs> have you ever noticed that often the things about other people that bother us the most are the problems that we have ourselves? Ooh, that's, that's not original with me, but it's very true. <laughs> <laughs> so when. It's true, though. So we're like, I, he is so proud. He is such a proud man. All he does is walk around and show him, you know, he's like sticking his neck up and he's all proud. No, she, she is so vain. Oh, She cares about what she looks like. So all she does is worry about her hair. All she does is worry about her makeup. She is so vain. And then, you know, it, it, what, what bothers you the most is often what is in your own heart. You can, you can see it. Um, so let's do this. Jesus gives us a really great picture here, and so I want us to talk through these questions here now. Uh, we have two sections, actually three, but I'm going to wait to do the last section because that's kind of something that's a di- little bit different. Um, so let's divide you right in the middle, except for I'm going to have you two girls go this way because they're a little bit lighter. They don't have as many people. I mean lighter. You, you know what I mean. um, ha. Okay, you guys over here, and then you guys over here, you guys are going to cover this first section the picture versus 41 to 42 and the questions there. You have like uh, three questions and then what to focus on when helping someone with a problem versus 43 through 45. You see that? You have the little, the little box off right on the back. You have the box of the source and the proof and then you have like four questions really three questions and you have one that's um, kind of a personal question you can ask yourself. Um, go ahead and do that together as a group. You might want to circle up or talk to each other How do you want to do that. And, uh, and then we'll come back together in about 10 minutes, so it's not a lot of time, so take, you know, use your time wisely, uh, and work through that passage, and tell me what you come up with. All right, I know you're probably not done, but uh, I want to get rolling, because I want to get to some really personal application here. Let's look through these questions, thoughts. Um First, look at this passage here uh, from the group that had this. Would someone like to read it out loud for us? Are, are you the group who did this? No, it's this group. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Chelsea's going to do it? Okay. Go ahead, Chelsea. Okay, some observations and thoughts. The form of this question that provokes the listener to consider what he's saying. Jesus' question is why are you doing this? It just could easily as we said, you shouldn't be doing this. Notice, why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye but do not notice the log that's in your own eye? Jesus just being nice and saying, Hey, stop doing that. And he's giving a really interesting picture here. The speck and the log. The speck represents the little problems. The log represents big problems. A log literally is that a log like a tree. Okay, Jesus is being is it's being humorous in the way he's he's picturing this. He's like it's like you're sitting there and I'm looking at Kelsey here and I see something in her eye. And I'm like, "Hey, you got a little something right there, right there in your eye. Can you just like do that?" And meanwhile, my face has a tree sticking out of my eye socket. <laughs> That's what Jesus says. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye? Meanwhile, you've got a log in your own. And and I'm sure people around him are kind of giggling because it's kind of a funny picture. Um, These little problems bother us, and we want that person to change. You see that? We might want, what we might not consider is that we are the ones who need to change, perhaps. And Amanda asked a really good question over here. She's like, what if we get past all this and the person still doesn't change? Can we talk about that? I hope we will. I hope we will. That's all I can say right now. Why do you think that we are always looking for other people to change so we can be happy? So are you thinking about this being like you have problem with someone say like I don't know uh, another person and they're you you guys having an argument and you're like you know, this instead of looking at what I can do to help the situation? That's part of it. As somebody has an issue and you're correcting, like you know, you're helping them like correct them, like. A critical, uh, I'm not talking like critical writing or, uh, or helping someone with their golf swing or no. something like that. I'm talking about like longstanding interpersonal conflict okay. that never seems to resolve. Okay. Yes. I was to answer the question. Go ahead. Um, I just think for you personally, it would be easier and more convenient as instead of like looking into yourself and figuring out what's going on with you. Right. It's easier to point the finger outward, right? I was reading a book um, about marriage, and uh, I, I found a really good analogy here. Uh, they're actually doing it at our church. The men are doing it. Um, I believe that we tend to do this person because we've grown up in a world that tells us we are the center of the universe, and we deserve whatever makes us happy. That's number one. I mean, the world around us is saying, hey, treat yourself. Make yourself happy. Do whatever it takes. But also, sometimes we're told... Um, that other people, it's their job to make us happy. Such as a marriage or a relationship. That that girlfriend, if she's not making me happy, I should just dump her. Like, how many times have you, have you, been, have you been in a, a relationship, or you've heard of a relationship, with like, well, we just weren't happy. I mean, it's like really, really common. Marriages, break up, we just weren't happy. Well, two sinners living together are not going to be happy, outside the grace of God. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i sorry, I mean, you might think, well, we're different. Not unless you're both not sinners. Um, So this is the part I got from the marriage book I thought was really good. I don't think I put it in here. I didn't, so I'm just going to say it. Sometimes we see other people as either obstacles to get in the way of our happiness or vehicles to get what we want. And we use people. Right? Right? So you see I want that wife because she's she makes good food. Oh man, it'd be great to have a companion. Great to have somebody to talk to when I come home and it's not so lonely. The the wife might uh, think, "Oh, this husband, she's going to provide all this great benefit for me." Or he's going to provide all this great benefit for me. It's going to it's going to be great. I'm going to love this. I'm going to have status. I'm going to be this I'm going to be a married woman. I'm going to have kids or whatever. And you think that that husband is getting something for you. It's a vehicle for your fulfilling your desires rather than... And so what happens when those desires aren't fulfilled? Whose fault is it? Their fault. So this doesn't directly relate to y'all's roommate situation necessarily. But the point is that often we see people in this way and that is dangerous. So let's talk about the questions and what y'all come up with? When dealing with conflict with someone else, what is your primary responsibility? Group? Okay. What do you need to do first? Evaluate, your own e- evaluate yourself. Make sure you get the log out of your own eye. Uh, and why do you need to get the log out of your own eye? So that you can see the situation more clearly, so that you can what? Yes. If you look at your Bible, if you have it there, um, it says, um, you hypocrite. First, this is Verse 42. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. You see, you're still trying to take out the speck that's in your brother's eye. You're still trying to help your brother or sister through that problem. And it differs in how you do that. But in order to see how to do that, you've got to make sure that your life is where it needs to be with God. If you don't, then you won't be able to see what's going on. I had eye surgery um, twice, or actually three times for my uh, um, LASIK surgery. And I really, it really makes me nervous. I mean, I'm telling you, when you have eye surgery, anybody ever had eye surgery before? I mean, it's, it's nerve-wracking. You're sitting there, and they're like, pry your eyes open, and there's this big thing that comes in and sits over your eye, and you see it all happening, and then your eyes go blurry, and it's like the most nervous I've ever been in my life. Because I'm thinking, if something goes wrong, I'm blind. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. It's scary. I want that guy, when he's working on my eye, to be very careful and to also have very good eyesight. Um, when you're doing eye surgery on your friend, when you're dealing with sensitive topics, you better be sure that you're walking with God and that you're, you're, um, you've confessed everything to God and that your, your relationship with God is right so you can help that person. Uh, question two. What does this passage show us about the sins in our own life compared to the sins that we see in the lives of other people? What would you guys think? So you, yeah, prepared the the spec. To yeah. it's exactly right. So, yeah, so, so we, we tend to think, I tend to see uh, someone else's life and their sins, and I think, oh, oh, that's so bad. Oh, man, they're just, it's terrible. But then I give myself a pass. I give myself the benefit of the doubt. I can't understand how someone else would cheat but when I'm in a, in, a, in a crunch, in the pressure, and I get the temptation to cheat, I might just do so. And I say, well, you don't understand. See, it's different for me. We all make excuses for ourselves, these things. What do most people try to do when they have to conflict with someone? Who do they try to fix? Obviously, the other person. When often, you know, you can't control that other person. Your responsibility is to be faithful to God. Now let's talk about how to, what to focus on, where to focus when helping someone with a problem. This may get to your answer, Amanda. Um, group number two, who wants to read that? Okay, go, ahead, Jamie. Out of the evil treasure bring forth what's evil. For Very good. Um, and you have the little box there. The good tree brings what? Good fruit. The bad tree? Bad fruit. So the good person, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth? Good. And the evil person, out of the evil treasure of his heart? Evil. Now, this is kind of interesting. I, w- I was looking at this today, and you know the word treasure is the word storehouse. It's like the idea of a barn, and it's actually the word thesaurus. It's where we get our word thesaurus. We have a thesaurus that's a storehouse of words, and that's what that word is in Greek, thesaurus. There's your random trivia fact of the day. I just thought I, I had to at least mention it. Um, what is the heart? out of the good treasure of his heart, my uh, my daughter, uh, on last week, it was really funny, she uh, she was coming in, and this is a little bit gross too, so I apologize. She says, um, Daddy, um, I need to go poopy so I can get all the sin out of me. <laughs> so then Jesus can come in my heart and make me clean.
1: <laughs>
0: and I was like, Daddy, um, She's three and a half. I said, Dottie, that, that, what, what did you say? First, I, I made her repeat. I was like, what did you say? She's like, the poopy. And she, you know, she's so expressive. The poopy has to, is the sin. It has to go out of me. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, poopy is not sin. And that doesn't mean, no. I had to explain to her that that's, that's not, no, that, you know, that was kind of an interesting conversation with your three and a half year old. But it would be a whole lot easier, wouldn't it, if we could just deal with sin that way. Um, but all she knew is, we had told her earlier, Dottie, you, you are very wicked, you need a clean heart. You need a clean heart, you need Jesus to clean your heart up. And so I guess that's what she thought we were talking about. But she was thinking very physically. In the physical world, I, my body has bad stuff in it. And we know what that bad stuff is, because I know what it is, because I experience it. And I need to be clean. Like, that was her thinking. We're not talking about that. The good treasure of your heart the evil treasure of your heart, what is the heart? Well, the heart is the innermost part of a person. That's how I like to, to describe it. The innermost part of a person. It's what, it, what drives your, your, your desires, what drives your, your thoughts. Um, it's your belief system. It's the unseen part of a person. I can't see your heart. I can see your, I can see your face. I can, you know, I can see your body. But I can't see your heart. And I can guess what's going on in your heart because some of you have very expressive faces. And you communicate a lot. What's going on inside of you by the way you express an emote? Others of you it's very difficult. <laughs> Lindsay's dad is one of the most difficult people in the world to, to read because he's so deadpan. Isn't that fair? It's true. Yeah. It's like a giant teddy bear, but Yes. Like so some questions. What does the fruit represent in these verses in these verses, sorry? How would you know if you're producing good or bad fruit? What'd y'all say? Fruit represents is, uh, some is character. Or, okay. Um, uh, you have good, um, visible, uh, representation? Right. So we've done this before. Remember this from a couple of, from last year? The idea of a, of a fruit on a tree. And you have good fruit and you have bad fruit. And the good fruit comes from... This is a tree, by the way, in case you didn't know that. Uh, I heard somebody explaining. This is above the surface and below the surface. So We have the dirt, and we have what's visible here. And we have the root system. It's not cauliflower, it's actually a tree. Um, It does kind of look like cauliflower. But uh, we would describe this as your heart here. Your heart. And uh, I like to talk about this is your mind here, the trunk. And then this is your visible what you can see so if you like to think of it this way what you believe in your heart what you believe what you choose to believe um, informs your mind and informs your, uh, your, your mind and uh, that is your well is mind a better way it better to say desire than mind informs your desires so why do you like what you like well somewhere along the way you believe something and then you you like that your desires for that thing come from a belief. Um, it's like it's like why do you want that super fast car? Well, it comes from that deep desi- deep belief in your heart that if I had the super fast car, the girls would, would want to go with me in the car. You know, it all comes down to, it all comes down to that. And so you want the car, so you get the car, which fuels your behavior. Why do you do what you do? Because you want what you want. Why do you want what you want? Because you believe what you believe. So, when you're helping someone, where do you start? You left the coffee cups out. You left the ice cream bowls out. How dare you? Okay? Is that, is that where you start? You lied to me? Is that where you start? No. No. I mean, remember where you start, but is that where you end? No. That's not going to be the. That's not going to be the, That's not going to be the place. How do, you don't. You don't end there. You don't say, okay, that, now let me figure that out. We're good, because there's something else going on. There is a desire and there is a belief that that is, is driving all this. Okay, what's your next question? What is the solution for the person producing bad fruit who wants to produce good fruit? Okay, so it's got to go down to this level here. Okay? A good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces what is good. If you've got a problem with a friend and you're trying to help them through this and you, you have cleared out the log out of your eye and you're helping them see their issue, don't just teach them, okay, this is how you put a cup, a bowl in the dishwasher. You pick it up, you rinse it out, and you stack it. Part of it might be saying, look, I... I I understand that I've been selfish in the past and I'm sorry for this. And, and part of, the, part of my, by the way, part of getting the log out of your own eyes, is asking forgiveness if you need to ask forgiveness from someone. Saying, look, I'm sorry. I know that I've left my coffee mugs around the house. I haven't been a very good roommate sometimes. And I apologize for that. Would you forgive me? Now, thank you for forgiving me. I have a question for you. <laughs> I have an issue I need to talk with you about. When it comes to, the, when it comes to ice cream, is it something where you just don't remember or are you are you mad? Are you, is this an act of, Are you angry at me? Are you doing this to get mad at me or get back at me for something? Are you doing it intentionally? Because sometimes people will do that. They'll do things. Oh, I'll show her. I'll leave this in her and let her do it. People do that. It's petty, but people do it. Maybe it's maybe it's that. Other maybe it might just be forgetting an appeal to them and saying and selfishness. I think most of these issues are selfishness related. Or thinking about other people and realizing you're not the center of the world, you need to love others as Christ loved you. <coughs> it goes a long way. Um true disciple is a disciple when he what? Uh, Yeah, it's when he follows when he follows Jesus. Uh it's like when he I think I think what I was getting at there is the behavior reflects God what God wants you to do. I don't know. Let's just keep going. How are you known? Think about it. Each tree is known by its own fruit. How are you known? I'm sorry by other people. How do do other people know you? When it talks about fruit, we're talking about other people. Think about it. Are you you reflecting Christ in the way you act or not? It's nine o'clock, but I want to cover these really quickly because I think this might help a little bit, okay? And we're just going to take about five minutes. I hope you don't mind. Five minutes. The most concerning thing about someone is not necessarily their behavior, but rather their heart. A person's behavior demonstrates what's going on deeper inside of them so if you're helping someone it's not just a matter of saying learn how to put your dishes away it's a matter of saying is there something else going on in your heart that prevents you from being thinking about other people you're constantly thinking about yourself so what are these people showing about themselves by their actions I'm gonna, I have several here, three think about this person this person lies constantly bragging about doing things they've never done being places they've never visited and accomplishing things they've never accomplished you ever met a person like that? I have it's very weird they always, always one-up you. It's like you're talking about, oh, yeah? I've canoed down the Colorado River for whatever. And you're like, really? <laughs> I met a guy one time who, who, would, who was terrible at this. I, I don't know where he is now, but um, he's, he, was, he would do this. And it was a joke in my family. This guy would do this. He would lie about stuff. It was just ridiculous. What is this show? Do you just teach him how to tell the truth? What does he want? Yes, okay. He's saying that he's not content where he is. He always wants to be somewhere better than has put. Yeah, that might be part of it. He's saying, hey, I'm not content where God has put me. Maybe I do feel like he doesn't feel worthy. He doesn't feel like what he's doing is good enough. Okay. So he's... Yes, I think you're hitting on something there. I think... I'm just going to jump to it here. I think what he's doing is... He lives off of the approval and the applause of others. And that's not, no, where does your value come from? Uh, Relationship with God. Even if no one else likes you in this whole world, guess what? God loves you. He loved you so much he sent Christ to die for you. He loves you that much. So even when everyone else in the world looks at you and they're like, eh, and you have to feel like you have to make yourself a big stuff and say, well, I've done this and I've done that and I'm so big and I'm so bad. Guess what? That's showing, that's revealing your heart. How about this? Person who has been cutting themselves. cutting herself. It can get more complicated. We all have had friends, probably, maybe ourselves. This is big in high school. Students okay. cut themselves. I just heard from her, not me personally, but like somebody. It was the way that person did it was more for attention. It happens. Like where they did it. and like They tell their friends. They'll tell their friends about, "Hey, look at this!" It's like, "Whoa!" Yeah. You know, all of a sudden they become. Everyone is swarming them and trying to help. Yeah, and it's their belief that God didn't make them perfect, and God isn't perfect and all knowing. He's like, yeah. He didn't make me correctly. He needs to retry." Yeah. How about how about this? Someone is experiencing a lot of pain, and they want to control. They want to experience pain, but in their own way. They want to control pain. That's another big one. It can be about control. It can be about attention, but it's coming from the heart. Or punishing yourself. Like Pun exactly. Yeah, I've got to like las- lashing my back like they used to do in the old days. The old priests would do that, hitting themselves on the back. Uh, lastly, last one. Person is bitter and angry with their parents after they moved during his or her junior year in high school. He or she blames this move on the rough senior year and not getting good enough grades to be accepted at his or her dream college, and now they're at Winthrop. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't put that. There. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I, I, I'm just joking. This place is amazing. What, what do you What do you say to that person? They're 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 mad. They blame the fact that they're not where they want to be, because that happened to me. This is like what we talked about for so long. Yeah. I mean, it's I don't know if this is the answer you are looking for or not, but I mean, honestly, what I would say is like, okay, so you're angry at your parents because of this move, but like, what if this is what God had for you guys, and the move wasn't. You per se, but it was to provide opportunities for you, for your parents, or to bring people right. into their lives. It was like you're being selfish, but saying, "What was me?" Yeah, that's all right. it's either one of you. I was just—I just gonna say like you don't—you still have responsibility for yourself. You can't blame like what happened to you because. Like, <coughs> God gives you exactly what you need. Yeah. He will never give you more than you can handle. And the idea, the whole reason we go through this whole thing is, is kind of like you have to realize when you're trying to help somebody, you realize, okay, I've taken the log out of my own eye. I've asked forgiveness. I am where I need to be spiritually. I'm not perfect. Not, I'm not perfect by any stretch, but I'm honest with God. And then I go deal with a friend and say, look, I have, a pro- I have an issue. I have concern. Do you mind if we talk seriously about a concern I have about the way you're living your life? And the issue is this: here's the behavior. I believe it it, it seems to be coming from a heart that says this. And they probably be defensive, but that's the right way to deal with these kind of things. You've got you cannot just stop with stop taking my stuff, stop running, you know, stop stop making playing loud music, stop leaving your stuff out, whatever it might be. It's it's got to be something where you deal with that person and show that, and it got to be personally right with God first and working with that person through these things. And it does not come quickly. It's not something that's a snap and all of a sudden it's done. That's why we like to lash out because we like to lash out because it feels like you accomplished something. Really haven't done anything. Okay, does that, help? does that help at all? I mean, I think this, the more you dwell on this, the more you think about this, this kind of stuff can really, when you start to live your life this way, it will really impact the way you do interpersonal conflict and relationships. Any questions before we close down? I went a little bit over, but I hope that it's been helpful. Yes, Alicia. Yeah. like well you're doing this because blah blah blah. I'm like no, I'm not mad or angry like this is why you did it. Mm-hmm. You're like no, I know you did it because and it's like right. Leaving, so like how do you address that? Right. Way? So the what I'm not saying to do is judge motives, okay? I'm saying you have to work your way to the heart of the <laughs> issue. And and that's why whenever I confront somebody, which I've done before, is I always use words like appears, seems. I ask them questions. So, if you are in the, that, most of us are not in these kind of situations. Like, you may have to confront somebody once a year, once every other, like, there are not that many times when you're in a situation where you're like, I, you're like every, if you're confronting somebody every week or every day, you might really want to consider <laughs> whether or not you're really picking your battles properly. But the idea is that you, you, you ask questions, and, and questions are a much, much more friendly way of, of trying to get to a problem. But you do this because you love somebody, not because you want to fix them. Remember doing because you love somebody not because you want to fix them because when you want to fix somebody what you're doing is you say i want to fix you so you'll be my vehicle for pleasure or vehicle for benefit or you're an obstacle in the way of my benefit my pleasure right and we're not doing that we're doing that because we love this person we want to see them grow like christ that's why we we address these issues yes ma'am if don't grow fast now Yeah, uh, that's a really that's a really hard question to answer without really good specifics. So I'll say that in, in general, if someone is not changing at all, and if they're being antagonistic towards you, and if they're refusing to even listen to you, uh, what I was telling the girls at some point it has to it has to be a place where you're like you know what, um, God bless you. I'll be praying for you, and just leave it. I've had to do that. It, it's not very fun. It, but they're not, there. yeah, they're not changing. Um, the, i uh, am put it this way. Uh, people rarely change unless God is really working in their heart. <laughs> don't, don't give up. But I'm saying, I'm saying people, people do change. I've seen people change. I've cha- I mean, I, I know I've experienced God's change, but I'm, what I'm saying is, is that, is that, you know, don't, don't ever give up on somebody as in, you should definitely pray for them and stuff. But uh, without real specifics, I can't. I can't give you like, oh, you should definitely do this or not do this. I don't. I don't really know. Yeah. I think also like we expect a complete turnaround when like we address the issue or something. And we expect all oh, this person's gonna completely turn around and not do any of these things whatsoever ever again. And if they ever do it ever again, yeah. or even, like do something similar to it, and you're like, no, I called you out on this. You need to fix this. And it's like, no. It takes time to change your mind. Yeah, and, and here's here's what, okay, this person is going the wrong way, you know, here I am, and then here you are, you're right here, and you're like, hey, go back that way. You're saying, stop what you're doing, and go back, and this is what we want. We want, I'm going to do it in red. This is what we want. We want them to go, okay, sure, boom. There they are. Yeah, but you know, but you know what actually normally happens? It's like... like there's a long time when it's like patience 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 okay all right change all right good wow awesome thank you lord (laughs) um just think about how hard it is for you to change even when you know what you're supposed to be doing and then show patience and love and selflessness towards other people um i hope this has been encouraging to you and challenging um it's something that we will probably come back to again at some point but um uh, if you have questions, I'll be glad to answer those, but we need to let some of you guys go because I know you all got busy weeks and some of y'all need to really get studied. So you've been very kind by saying, let's pray. Let's close the word of prayer, and then we will let you go. Lord, thank you for our time together, and thank you for your promise of forgiveness. Help us to show the kind of mercy towards others that, we show, that you've shown towards us and that we can be grateful as we uh, uh, experience relationships here on earth that sometimes are very challenging, but that we would um, show your, your mercy to others, Lord, uh, at all times. Thank you for the good night we've had together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, guys and girls.